Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you the benefits of exercise and mental well-being. I'll also be interviewing Laura Kudari, who is a celebrated trauma-informed personal trainer, educator, and author. Laura reveals this new approach to healing in her debut book, Lifting Heavy Things, Healing Trauma One Rep at a Time. For more information about Laura, please visit laurakudari.com. You may also purchase her book in your favorite bookstore. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Exercise and mental well-being. It's important to look at how exercise itself is beneficial. When you build a physical activity or some type of routine into your schedule, it allows for you to have structure. And in that structure, you purge yourself, if you will, from a lot of the stress hormones that you've struggled with throughout the day. A lot of us know what it feels like to be under stress. And when you put your body in a healthy, stressful situation, like working out, you're actually mimicking what stress does to one's body, but you're in control of it. Exercise also increases levels of dopamine and serotonin. Dopamine is one of the feel-good neurotransmitters that our brain creates. It plays a big role in how we feel pleasure, and even if we just find things interesting, it helps us stay focused and to think and plan. Serotonin is also another feel-good chemical, which really helps stabilize your mood. It can reduce depression, regulate anxiety, and really help with one's sleeping, eating, and digestion. But for this purposes, we'll just focus on the mood component of it. The other aspect of why it feels good to work out is you're creating a sense of accomplishment. And as you continually do something, you're reinforcing that sense of accomplishment by the results you get through living a healthy lifestyle. What's also great is it creates a sense of camaraderie. You see the same people when you're at the gym or when you're working out, and it creates a sense of community. And that camaraderie or that community allows for people to stay connected. As we know, loneliness and isolation are one of the major contributing factors why people are dying early. So when you're part of something, a community of sorts, if you will, that are all doing the same types of things, it allows you to feel connected. And that's why exercise is so important. So today, if you've not incorporated some type of physical activity, of course, you always want to check with your licensed physician before you start any program, but it is important to incorporate something. Think of it this way. Our body is broken up into your spirit, mind, and body, or spirit, soul, and body, however you want to measure that. I don't mean that in a religious way, just simply that part of us that can connect to something greater or that part of us that can be a cheerleader for us. So if you're using your intellect every single day, and that's your mind, and for those of you who listen to this show want to find self-encouragement, if those things are things you do every single day, then where's the body component to also strengthen yourself or to also develop? So when you think of it in that concept of the spirit, mind, and body, or spirit, soul, and body, to incorporate a physical activity of some sort, not only are you bolstered in your intellect and in your spiritual side or your soulish side, but now you're living a really balanced life. And that's why it's so important because now you're unstoppable. When life happens, and it happens to all of us, your intellect will give you the framework of what to do. 
that spiritual side of you is a part of you that will say, yes, James, you can do this. Regardless of how scary this is or regardless of whatever, you can do this. And the stronger your body is, the more you can enact whatever the solution is that you've come up with. So that's why it's so important to create some type of healthy physical activity, because in doing that, you will learn a whole nother level of self-development. I have a wonderful guest today with Laura Kudari. She is brilliant. She links together how people who have suffered with trauma can find a path of healing through weightlifting. So stay tuned. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio show or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. When you think about healing from emotional trauma, do you picture Olympic style weightlifters, loud clanking barbells, weighing hundreds of pounds, or even that dusty pair of dumbbells tucked away in your closet? Well, you should. My guest today is Laura Kudari, a celebrated trauma-informed personal trainer, educator, and author. Laura reveals this new approach to healing in her debut book, Lifting Heavy Things, Healing Trauma One Rep at a Time. Welcome to my show, Laura. Hi, thank you for having me, James. I am looking forward to this. You and I are both into weightlifting and into fitness and exercise, so I can't wait to talk how talk to you about how trauma can really help, or excuse me, how weightlifting can really help people who suffer with trauma as well. Great. Now, if I read correctly, you were someone who used to, who used to ditch your health and fitness <laughs> yes. classes in high school, right? <laughs> well, fast, not even just high school, for sure. Um, uh-huh. I am not, yeah, I always talk about that. And I'm not like your typical fitness uh-huh. person. I think when you think of a personal trainer, first of all, you think of somebody in their 20s. Sure, yes. I'm in my 40s. Yes. Um, I mean, they do, they do get older, um, but I didn't start until um, my late 30s. Mm. And um, I actually started strength training as a way to very reluctantly as a way to deal with a back injury that I sustained Mm. at 20. And I still didn't actually start training. I did PT to minimize some of the pain, but I was always having flare ups. And it took me seven years and my mother saying, I'm tired of watching you walk around like this. Go oh, see my yeah. trainer yeah. <laughs> for me to step foot in the gym. I like to share that because I think my mom likes that I am telling the world that my mother was right. Um, and so she just, you know, she was, um, she knew I would like him, this uh-huh. particular trainer, and she was right. And he really uh, made space for me to feel like it was okay to be in the gym. And I think that was a big thing. Yes. I just really didn't like to be in my body. Mm-hmm. I, you know, felt very insecure in the gym. Um, I didn't move well because I had been avoiding moving mm-hmm. for so long. 
And he really made it feel okay to be there. And um, I, I modeled a lot of my own work, sort of mm -hmm. just after his natural way of being. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started. And I eventually surprised myself. It took eight years of that before I admitted I wanted to try some barbell sports. And that's when I really fell in love. Wow. My back pain was no longer. Good. That was great. Um, and then barbell sports, I just became really passionate about them and I love them. And so that's when things really shifted for me. Um, and I really became like a fitness enthusiast. That's awesome. What, what are bar barbell sports? What is that? Okay. So, um, the first thing I tried was Olympic weightlifting, okay. which at the time, um, this was before CrossFit was really huge. Uh -huh. So it was a little less familiar, but what I tell people is Olympic weightlifting is the sport you see in the summer Olympics where. Mm -hmm. People get the barbell overhead mm -hmm. using three different lifts. Uh, powerlifting, mm -hmm. which is um, not a sport you see in the Olympics or really televised anywhere. Um, and that tests your ability to squat, bench press, and deadlift weight. That one um, scares me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to fall backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and That's then, right. uh, so those are, those are the two. I mean, and then other strength sports that I haven't tried that I've very curious about or like strongman and that sort uh -huh. of thing. Because oh, as a kid, that. I used to love playing like on ESPN, yeah. you know, four or whatever, yeah, people pulling trucks yeah. and chopping logs. Yeah. I always like that. Stuff. Oh, that was actually really fun. I always like to watch that as well. <laughs> That's really cool. How did you, how did you make the connection for trauma and weightlifting? Sure. So that again, kind of grew out of my own personal experience. Uh, unfortunately, I experienced outside of the gym an acute mm -hmm. trauma in 2014 um, and subsequently developed PTSD. Mm -hmm. And one of my, um, the only place I really felt safe having fallen in love with fitness and feeling good in my body yes. in the gym was in the gym. Yeah. And, you know, there's a plus side to that, but unfortunately um, I wasn't really thinking I wasn't having guidance in this area. I sure. just, all I wanted to do was only be in the gym and train. Mm -hmm. And I really began to train too much as a coping mm. skill. Sure. Um, and I yeah, I was trying to feel safe all the time. That was mm -hmm. the only place I felt safe. And I'm sure it was very empowering too. You're incredibly lifting incredibly heavy things. You're squatting all that. I mean, it's like, I will yeah, take on anything. I took up karate as well. So I was doing, <laughs> doing <laughs> these three very aggressive <laughs> yes. uh, sports. And, um, you what know, to the foe that you were against, <laughs> <laughs> I was training 10 times a week, um, wow, which is way wow. too much. Oh my and goodness, the thing yes. is, this fitness culture really celebrates that. And because, um, powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting are sports, that sort of dedication to sure. something can it's be okay. celebrated. Mm -hmm. If you don't pause and go like, why is this person yeah. training like this? Yeah. What's the motivation? Yeah. I trained until I hurt my back again. <laughs> oh my god! Oh gosh! Wow! Which is so interesting—the full cycle aspect of it, you know, and the whole, whole sense of you're there to help, you know, to the the PT that you had. You fell in love with it, and then that cycle continues of just unfortunately harming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it was very bad this time. Um, I had a severe sciatica that left my lower half of my left leg somewhat. Mm. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Yeah. I'm okay now. Jump forward. Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Too long, don't read. I'm fine. Um, but, you know, that was a very long path to getting better. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the one thing I had that felt so good and safe was gone. Yeah. And that was very scary. So, 
I slowly, you know, first with a lot of very slow PT, but I realized that I needed to figure out a way to get back in the gym and it was going to have to change dramatically mm-hmm. um, for, for it to be safe and for me not to hurt and for me to be able to keep training in this new incredibly yeah. aroused state I was in all the time. Yeah. And as I started to just be careful and mindful and move mm-hmm. in this really thoughtful way, I started to realize I was also cultivating tools that I was able to use in therapy um, while in the therapist's office. And that's really yeah. when it all started. Excellent. You know, a lot of stuff. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate your vulnerability and giving us your story, your backstory about everything that happened as well. The, uh, you know, most people, if we've heard, and I've read in the intro, do yoga and do mindful, mindful meditation, et cetera, which is absolutely wonderful. For you, though, it was different. Uh, even though I hear you say that when you were back in the gym, you wanted to be more mindful and more intentional about probably your technique mm-hmm. and the, probably the motivation for that. So I think that's something for people to recognize that yoga is a wonderful practice and one, many people do that. But you can also still have that spirit, mind, body connection when you are weightlifting, when you are doing something that has maybe a slightly different form of meditation, but it still can be a meditative state to be able to connect with yourself and really heal your inner, inner wound. Yes. I, my, one of my big messages is you can turn any movement practice into a healing practice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be yoga. You know, I think it's wonderful that um, so many people are finding help through trauma-informed mm-hmm. and trauma-sensitive yoga programs. Uh, I tried it. I tried it with a couple different teachers, and it didn't go well for me, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, that can be uh, triggering at times, too. Very, very triggering. And it felt it was way less, tri- way, well, the frequency was less often that I would mm-hmm. be triggered in the gym. And my ability to bounce back from that trigger was uh, okay. much better in the gym. I much more sure. felt more resilient in the sure. gym. And some of that has to do with, you know, stillness versus movements mm-hmm. and probably also comfort in the environment. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is that plenty of people out there don't realize that they could get the same benefits that you could get from this sort of yoga program doing something that works better for them. Maybe they mm-hmm. feel great rock climbing or bike riding mm-hmm. or hiking or gardening. So. Yeah bring that all in there. Yeah, of course. So let's transition into your book, Lifting Heavy Things, Healing Trauma One Rep at a Time. How did that come about? Um, The book came about just sort of as an idea. I was actually just trying to come up with like some clever marketing thing. And I was like, oh, maybe an ebook. And then what was going to be a three page ebook with like an 11 chapter outline. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That's, that's not amazing. a free ebook. Um, and <laughs> that was in the fall of 2018. Uh, and I have been working on it um, from there. And uh, really, but one of the reasons I really wanted to put this out there is a big part of my mission is expanding access to body-based practices that help support trauma healing. And I can only do so much. And there are more trauma-informed trainers out there. But I did this because I couldn't find, I found Mm -hmm. one woman in Toronto and she was great. Um, But I live in New York City and Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to find more people doing this. And I couldn't. So I started doing it. and now there are more people doing it and some good programs out there to start learning how to do some trauma-informed personal training. But still, we're a handful of people. And so by making a book, which is also, you know, $15 as opposed mm-hmm. to the personal training sessions. Of course, um, yeah. You know, it's just really will uh, hopefully uh, spread the word faster than yeah. I could ever do on it. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when, um, 
when your publicist, C.S. Lewis Publishing, sent it to me, I actually had never heard of it before. And I was like, what is this? And so I was truly intrigued. And so obviously hearing the story and hearing how it works, I'm, I'm 100% behind it. Someone who me goes to the gym all the time as well. And I feel, for me, I go to the gym every single day, not, not for how I look, but it clears my mind. It helps me set my intentions for the day. It helps me really get get motivated and focused to be able to do the things that I do, you know, such as this. And so that's for one thing for me, I, I know how much it works for me. And so I can only imagine how much for people who have experienced, you know, trauma, how much even more it can heal them as well. So in the book, once again, Lifting Heavy Things, Healing Trauma, One Rep at a Time, is this a memoir? Is it a workbook? Is it an inspirational book? What, what would it be? Yes. No, it's not quite all of us. <laughs> it is. So I do combine elements of memoir. Okay. Um, there's also yeah, plenty important. of research. And um, then each chapter ends with a practical exercise for you mm-hmm. to bring into your practice. And some of these oh, are okay. body like movement based. Uh-huh. Some of them are going to be a little more writing and meditation based. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very practical. The first exercise um, I take you through is a self-guided intake. And it's a trauma sensitive or trauma informed intake that okay. looks at really your goals, your strengths, the things you don't like, your interests, um, your resources. And I think the resources mm-hmm. is a big part we often forget. Um, and I explain what those things are in great detail. You know, a lot of people think strengths and they think things I'm good at, but strengths are also things you enjoy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you can really capitalize on that when you're trying to decide what type of, because a lot of people are like, I'm sure I'll try it, but I don't want to, I don't want to lift, you know, heavy things literally. Um, and you know, so what, you know, what movement does resonate with them and I help them pick that. So some of it's really practical like that. Um, others are practices in connecting with different parts of your body that are really getting your attention. Um, and just really learning how to start listening to your body because mm-hmm. it, it knows so much. There's so much information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even from a technical standpoint, when it comes to lifting or just exercising, you know, sometimes I see many people at the gym and I'm like, Oh, you know, cause it's just, they're just uninformed. Uh, in a, right. uninformed. Well, I say that as a, as a hypocrite, because today I was doing something and I slightly twinged my back and I was like, ah, oh, James, here you were looking at someone else's form and karma came along and you twinged your back. So that's on me. But the point is, is that it's so important to have that technique because the more technique you have, when, we do, when you do something intentional, the more you're not only present in what you're doing, but you also see the results as well. Because when I, when I know, I know the position of my body, I know with the way it, my my body's aligned. Not only is it does it align your body, but it aligns your spirit. It aligns your emotionality. So there's a, there's a lot of um, parallel process there. So what the body can be analogous or like an analogy about how we feel. So the alignment of that recenters yourself and realigns how you feel as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, you know, kind of what you touched on, and this is something I tell people who are more like very interested in the gym and have no interest as soon as they start to hear things like mindfulness or whatever, they kind of like, I don't know, um, makes you a better lifter. Like that's the one I'm, so I'm also, I have coached Barbara, I've coached, you know, big powerlifting and that sort of thing. And the fact is, is that a really good coach uses the same kind of cues that I use as a trauma informed personal Mm. trainer to get your to feel your body, to not use the mirror, to feel your body mm-hmm. and feel what your body's doing, not what the bar is doing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that is what good coaching is. So you're going to, you know, maximize your gains, bro. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's a win-win. <laughs> that is so funny. Can, can you give us some examples of, so someone, someone has experienced trauma, so they're doing this. How would, how would let's say, your support system, so if, let's say I'm, I'm working out with a friend, and I don't know they've experienced trauma, but all of a sudden I see that they're perhaps demonstrating something. How would I, as a, as a support person, and I'll ask it in the inverse as well, how would I, as a support person, help that person who is perhaps struggling with something while they're working out? Sure. Um, the first thing to do is uh, encourage them to pause. And this is actually mm. something that's throughout that's my book, even in the writing of the book. I feel like a lot of books about trauma can be so overwhelming and you're mm -hmm. sitting there reading it. Mm -hmm. I often remind my reader, I invite them to take a moment Good. to pause um, and ground because yeah. it's a lot of information. And when you're training and you're starting to get overwhelmed, it's, your nervous system is taking in a lot of information and getting yes. overwhelmed. Yes. Right. It's just the same thing. So just pause. Um, and, you know, for some people, you can be very straightforward and say, you know, pause and say, hey, is everything OK? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, suggest that they really look around the space, oriented mm, to the space, uh -huh. yeah. um, you know, and, and the other thing you can do is if it's somebody who might you know, be like, you can redirect. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh, you, you know, ask a, ask a question about the form, start a conversation to also have that pause mm -hmm. and maybe a check in in that way. Mm -hmm. if, you know, that's how you feel more comfortable encouraging somebody to check in with themselves. And yeah, exactly. And how, I'm assuming you also talk about the importance of breath and breathing. I do talk about breath and breathing, um, especially there's a chapter all about the importance of recovery and how mm -hmm. a rest and recovery and that some of that can be like steady state cardio is actually yes. very helpful. Yeah. That's yes. a very practical thing mm -hmm. you can use. I don't focus a ton on the breath because there's mm -hmm. so much out there. And actually one thing I found, um, this is actually how I got my first clients is I wrote a whole article, um, you know, why taking a deep breath, why telling somebody to take a deep breath can be terrible advice or something like that. And um, because for some people, when they start to notice their breath, it can be triggering as well, ah, similar I to the see. stillness I of see. yoga. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You notice, you notice all that constriction. Sure. So like if you're like lifting I, I, okay. and you're tense and you're starting to get very overwhelmed and then uh -huh. you check in and you notice there's really no space to breathe, mm -hmm. that can also be anxiety producing. So I tend yeah. to encourage people to use tools like looking around and identifying mm -hmm. five things of a certain color, mm -hmm. looking at 360 mm -hmm. like to really mm -hmm. ground. Yeah. So you start with maybe, you don't have to do, I usually do like blue, yellow, red, you know, your primary mm -hmm. colors, you can mm -hmm. pick whatever colors you want. You can orient with sound, but the idea mm -hmm. is to build a map of where you are in space, sure. 360 degrees using uh, and a, using a different sense, you can also sure. pat yourself down, you know, mm -hmm. to feel your skin. Mm -hmm. um, I tend not to ground using the breath so much with mm -hmm. people. And I actually like it. And I appreciate you teaching me because I, I put it together in my mind as well as you were talking. Because I think someone who's experienced trauma, uh, certain types of trauma, the breath itself, that sound or that feeling can be a trigger. And so I, I, can, I appreciate you saying that, that. Thank you for teaching me that as well, because I can see someone who would be have trauma, how that breathing would actually cause more of a hindrance as it would to calming them down. So thank you. For, thank you for sharing that with me. Of course. One thing, though, is if you know somebody does have access to like nose breathing, um, mm -hmm. you know, this is something we use a lot in my family is remind each other to breathe 
through the nose mm-hmm. in and out mm-hmm. because that allows the diaphragm to move easier than if you're breathing through your mouth, which uses your chest muscles more. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and this will help bring the nervous system down. So, but if you've yeah. got a stuffy nose, like it's allergy season up here, I said to my daughter right now who has terrible seasonal allergies, breathe through your nose. She, well, she's 13, <laughs> so she'd give me quite the look. <laughs> That's hysterical. And I also heard, I can't remember which one it is, it's either left or right nostril, that if you breathe through, it actually slows down your heart rate even more. So, so it's, it's someone will have to look look at it. I don't remember which one it was, but that's to add on to what you're saying. But that's wonderful. I like that. I think that's very good. I love the practicality and not to minimize, but it's it's brilliant to really use your five senses to ground because what we teach in psychology is if you're struggling too much in your head, you have to get out. So that's why your senses are so important. And so when you have that, then you're aware of your surroundings and you're focusing on that. You're mindfully looking at, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at that, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that. And I can feel that. So that really gets someone out of their head. And then conversely, if you're at a space where there's too much senses, you go inward and you use your self-talk. Your self-talk guides you to calm yourself down as well. So it just really depends on how, what the person needs at that moment. But I love the fact that you teach them to go outward and also they can go inward as needed as well. Yep. Yes. I also, um, I do talk about a way to come inward using the senses too, uh, specifically with hearing which is mm. listening to sounds mm-hmm. first further mm-hmm. away outside and then moving your way right. into hearing your own sounds. Um, you can use it the reverse. I like uh-huh. that one. That's actually the one I tend to use most for me, uh-huh. um, either expanding out, starting with my own sounds, expanding out, or starting with, if I need to come into myself, starting with outside sounds coming back in. You are brilliant. You are my new best friend. I love this. That's, I've never <laughs> thought of it that way. That's great. That almost reminds me of a form of uh, Qigong, which is a type of sens- sensory aspects of that as well. So. I really, I'm, I'm actually going to use that. I love that spatial aspect of it to use that. So thank you. Wow. Well, I've learned so much today. I really have. I really have. That's great. <laughs> now your book, it recently just came out. Congratulations. What's thank on the horizon you. for you? Um, so I'm doing some book events, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the book launch in this virtual world is going to be online. Uh, it's on June 10th and it's going to be a mini self-care retreat. We're going to do it with the Astoria bookshop, uh, my friends over there, and there'll be some reading, a conversation with, uh, the folks at narrative healing and Lisa Weiner. Um, and also I'm going to be taking people through that self-guided, uh, Love it. intake as well oh good and i'm doing a few more events around the book um and you know i am always happy to come and speak with organizations you know and i'm just looking to uh keep spreading the word it's really exciting i mean i started doing it because i wanted to tell people about it um mm-hmm. and i was like i'll just bang my pots and pans someone <laughs> <will> listen. <laughs> I love it. well this show this show will syndicate for multiple times in the future so if people hear this and of course they miss that yes. event then you can simply go to her website so laura kudar thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today and the listeners want to find out more information about you to find out everything you're doing and to purchase your book lifting heavy things healing trauma one rep at a time where would they find this information online you can find it on my website, um, which is lauracadari.com. And uh, my book is available from your preferred bookseller uh, in the United States and Canada and also um, other places around the world that sell English language books. Wonderful. My listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you with Laura. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. I learned so much from you, so thank you. It was a pleasure. It was really nice to meet you, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. 
Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.